0: You know, the culture is actually damn good.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all
0: This is Trafalgar Square.
1: Come
0: aboard! Mr. Mrs. North of South America, all the ships at sea, let's go to Press. Have you been
2: drinking? It was a good show,
0: huh?
1: During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 hey. How you doing?
0: Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters.
1: Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Sabian! In with the blue line and Rasmus Dalene. Colleen, the poke out by Wilson, and now on a break. Here comes down the middle, a shot, and it's Vrata. He scores! Jacob Vrata takes a feed off the boards, comes in one on none, and scores against Tolmark. It's one, nothing, Washington! Carried in right side, Haglund leaving it. Wilson scores! Tom Wilson got it left for him by Backstrom, and he'll shoot high to give Washington a 2-1 lead
2: here in the third period. Not bad, huh? Pretty good weekend. The SportsJourney.com radio network is on the air here at the beginning of the week. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. We are delighted to have you with us. Lots of hockey to talk about and lots of football to talk about. Championship Sunday, of course, is set, and man, that ought to be a good one. I got tons of sound for you today. We'll go to Pittsburgh uh, because I want to. I want to give you a little bit of a recap, and we'll kind of, we'll kind of reset here. See where we are at. let we'll see where we are after three games. Plus, uh, Schefter's got some news today on where Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson might be ending up. We got to, or at least, you know, where that situation stands, and it looks like that is something we as fans of the DMV need to pay attention to because you never know, you never know. Washington needs a quarterback, Deshaun Watson needs a new team. But we start on the ice with the Caps. Kind of thought they'd be a little bit sluggish yesterday, a noon game after back-to-backs in Buffalo, and it looked, uh, if you watched it, I think you, you can break it down into, into three distinct categories. Coincidentally, those were the three periods. First period, despite getting behind less than a minute into the game, the first period was oh, was pretty good. Second period absolutely sucked, and the third period was better. Ultimately, though, they couldn't hang on to the lead, and they lose it in a shootout. Um still though not bad all things considered. I thought Elias Samsonov looked pretty good obviously when you look at things on the surface you're going to say well Vidic Vanic gave up one goal Samsonov has given up 7 goals now in 2 starts it's you know it, it's too early to worry about things like that. A Couple of them haven't been his fault. He's he's had some really bad luck with some redirects. Uh, the one that uh, that one with the giveaway in the uh, deep in the in, in his own end, obviously that was a problem. Hey, kid hadn't played in about a year or so. So let's let's give it 10-15 games before we start talking about goalie controversies hitting the panic button stuff like that. I think if you want to look at something yeah, you know, if everybody's going to point to, oh, he's giving up, you know, he's giving up the seven goals in two games. How about his performance in the shootout? Uh, he he did his job. You know, he stoned the Penguins on their first three shots. Caps had put one in, they'd have been going home with a win. So you know, I mean, he he took it into extra shots there. I don't think you can ask anything more from a goalie other than that. Uh, Ovi got his first uh, goal of the season that moves him to 707 on uh, for his career. and by the way, he had a shot there on the power play in uh, the third period. I don't know if you saw it. it clanked off two posts. So if that had gone in, we'd have been talking it'd have been a lot different story. It, it would have been a, it would have been a regulation win for the caps. I think everything's going to be fun. I actually liked what I have seen here the first three games. Uh, we talked to some of the players last, uh, yesterday afternoon after the game, as well as coach Peter Laviolette. So let's get in on that. Um, let's start with Ovi and, uh, that, that slow start that the Cavs had yesterday and why that is something, obviously they need to work on.
3: Uh, I think after, uh, the first shift, when you get a, get a goal right away, you kind of, uh, um, give breath for them and kind of, uh, uh, hard for us, but, uh, um, you know, it was uh, after skate and it was kind of hard to react. But uh, I think uh, after that, when, when they score, we start playing uh, better and uh, we get uh, to only.
2: You know, the thing that I noticed was that I mean there's and nor should there be this time of year. But hey, this is this is Pittsburgh, a lot of demons there. But that's the difference between this team and a few years ago. There wasn't any panic in them. I mean they they just kept playing their game in the first period and wound up tying it just a, a couple of minutes after that. Also asked Ovi uh, about the power play work yesterday. Uh, actually, it's it's been pretty good these first three games and uh, what he thinks the secret is to it, Hammond so far. Uh,
3: I think, uh, you know, uh, there's a group, like, we We played together a long time, and uh, we understand how we have to play. Uh, I think the first couple of uh, power plays, final four, we uh, didn't execute, and uh, uh, in the third period, we kind of uh, uh, played much better, had chances, but uh, it was a two post, I think, in a uh, 4-4 four, four mm-hmm. game, uh, we Put it back uh, to the it's uh, probably winning game. But uh, um, it's the third game, you know, after, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, time off after this hockey, you know. Uh, it's the third game and we play against uh, very good uh, teams. And uh, it's, you know, you just have to feel more puck. You have to uh, kind of wake up, you know, and uh, know what exactly what you have to do.
2: Nicholas Backstrom uh, also mentioned the fact that it just it, they need to be more consistent, that you can't have periods where one period you look good, another period you don't look good. Still, as Backstrom said after the game yesterday, at the end of the day, it's five points out of a possible six, and more importantly, those five points are on the road. Yeah,
4: I mean, I think, I think if you're looking at these three games, I mean, I think uh, some periods are better than others. And, uh, I mean, I think uh, – Uh, yeah even today I mean I think I think maybe first was pretty good Uh, second was really bad and third was all right so I mean I I think I think it's the same against Buffalo too I mean the second game we played really bad periods and third one was pretty good but uh, I mean I I think we got to find that consistency a little bit better and um, uh, make sure we're we're playing 60 minutes I mean I, I think that's what's, that was one of the issues last year too. I mean, we couldn't put together a sixty-minute game, so that's an area we got to work on for sure.
2: Got to work on their shots too. Uh, if, if there's one thing that Peter Laviolette preaches, and he is, we know this from his reputation, he said it since the beginning of training camp. He wants a lot of shots on net. Now that's not been the way the Caps have operated the last few years under Barry Trotz and under Todd Reardon. They need to get a lot more shots on goal. Uh, they were outshot yesterday, 30 to 26. Uh, the Penguins had al- an almost one-minute uh, advantage on the offensive zone. So, um, and they you know, they had a 15 to 9 advantage on slot shots in the net. Caps want to get Laviolette wants them to get more shots on the goal for him. Quantity leads to quality uh as far and and and, you know and backstrom admitted that when we were talking to him yesterday also asked him about the penalties i know this is something that a lot of people have been talking about for uh, you know the first three games it seems like caps have been a little bit of a marked team and once again although it wasn't as you know it wasn't as bad as as the second game in buffalo where i think what the sabers had five power plays and uh, the caps didn't have any uh but still more penalties called on the caps yesterday than on, uh, than on the Penguins. And Backstrom said, yeah, that's one thing the team has to clean up. Can't, can't help. can't wait for the refs to do it. Says they just got to take, stop taking that many penalties.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think as I said, I mean, I mean these penalties got to go. I mean, we can't have these, these penalties. I mean, it's, I think it transferred a little bit from maybe last year. We had a lot of penalties last year too. So that's, that's an area we got to clean up and, do better at, but um, yeah, how we're gonna uh, get get puck possession? I mean, I think I think we we just gotta be a little better with execution. We gotta hold on to pucks and, and yeah. We, I mean, you can't just have whole place everywhere. We, we, we gotta we gotta work together and, and use each other. That's uh, that's what good teams do, and that's obviously we want to be a good team. So that's an area too that we need to need to be better. We'll go back to Samantha Pell with the Washington
3: Post. Uh, this is for Nick. You kind of talked about that second period there. What exactly went wrong? Obviously a lot of penalties there, but was it more breakdowns on your guys' end?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a little bit of everything. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have that aggressiveness that we had the first period. Uh, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I mean, a lot of it had to do with execution. We weren't executing our play and, and that puts us in a, in a tough spot and then they're, they're able to counterattack from that. So, I mean, I think uh, it starts always with execution and and, and check. All
2: right. So, let's talk about the goaltending situation. You know, in a way, you got to kind of feel bad for these guys because both of them are being compared to Brayton Holtby, who is more or less a saint in the pantheon of Washington sports. I've, you know, I've made no secret about that. Samsonov's statistics just you know the raw numbers one oh and one now seven goals on 53 shots that's an 868 save percentage 3.36 goals against average I thought he it was up and down but a good up and down yesterday obviously the early goal what 35 seconds into the game or something like that but he he did a really good job of kind of steadying himself after that and saying okay everything's fine the the one thing you've got that's got to be a concern is that goal in the second period. You know he's trying to get it to Tom Wilson. He's a little casual with it. Teddy Bluger pish, uh, picks it off, uh, and the Penguins wind up wind up scoring. You know, and that tied the game at at two two. But again, I thought he also looked really good in the shootout. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than having a guy that that gets you into extra frames the capitals had a chance to win it in the shootout all they had to do was make one of their first three not to mention the fact hey three on three situation you know in overtime he looked pretty good and uh, so you know with all that said i give you now uh, head coach peter laviolette on Samsonov.
5: yeah that second one is probably that you know, like um, it was a goalie handle, and we're going back. We in training camp, we did work on in practice. The there's a drill that we do that works on the goalie communication and the and the puck exchange between goalie and defenseman. Um, you know, they made a nice read on it. We probably didn't get the the zip on it that we wanted. They made a nice read and threw it back out in front and um, and put it in. Um, this the the next goal for me. We just we got caught out on the ice. Um, we had guys that had been out there for over a minute. We couldn't get the change that we were looking for. A lot of it had to do with puck decisions. But um, at that point, we were we were out there for over a minute and and not uh, not with any gas in the tank. And I think that you know, guys, when you when you lose your energy, you stop thinking, you stop playing the game the way you normally would. And uh, we definitely got caught on that one.
2: Uh, but again, still in all, and I keep going back to it. Six possible points, and they get five. So everybody's off. They're off today. I don't even – I'm not sure. I believe it's like a uh, league-mandated day off for them. I'm not – or, no, today is not the mandated day off. Actually, I got some sound on that, so let's play it. Uh, One of the things that that Peter Laviolette has to do this year is he's got to figure out, you know, not just the mandated days off with all these back-to-backs, you know, what do you do here – how hard do you practice on a day like today knowing you got a game Thursday and then a couple more at the end of the week?
5: So the fact that we can get with them tomorrow, I'm not sure how we'll handle that ice just because I'm also managing the schedule. It's, you know, three games and um, I don't know what it is, four and a half days, five days, you know, with, with this game being at noontime. So I've got to manage where our group's at because we've got another big game coming up. So it's it's going to be four games in less than six days. And so I've got to make sure that we're we're in the right spot to to compete heavy in that game.
1: Yeah. So so are you saying that maybe like high minute guys won't go on the ice? Are you uh, leaning in that direction?
5: You know, Tarek, I, I I I'm not quite there yet to give you an answer. Okay. If I had it if I had it I'd give it to you but I'm not I'm not there yet. Got it. Thanks.
2: Uh by the way, that was uh, if you did Oh, that was Tarek Al Bashir of the Athletic. He is the Capitals beat writer there. So There you go. Uh, It'll be some sort of a mixed bag at practice today. If you hear anything about lines and whatnot, I I wouldn't stress it too much. Again, two teams tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, face-off in Pittsburgh, and you can see that game on NBC Sports Washington. Joe B. and Locker have the call. Championship weekend is all set in the NFL, and these are going to be two hellacious games star power all over the place. NFC Champions, Conference Championship game first. That's redundant. The NFC Championship game first. Tampa going up to Green Bay. You gotta love this. Not uh, For two reasons number Well, a number of reasons. Not the least of which being it's Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers. And even though I think Rodgers is gonna roll all over him, you realize this would be Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl if the if the Bucks win I mean think about that 10 freaking Super Bowl appearances I think and I, I've got to go back and recount but I think this makes his 14th conference championship game appearance in 21 years or something like that I mean it's a ridiculously absurd number I mean this guy yeah you, know, it, it, you just you don't Nobody, you can't bet against Tom Brady anymore. I mean, the, the you're out of superlatives for him. You know, even though I think I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to win, how can you bet against Brady? Seriously, how can you freaking bet against Brady? You know, what's going to be great about this is just watching like the last five minutes of this game. You know, it, because you know it's going to come down to the last possession. Whoever's got the ball last is going to win. And it just, I, you know, uh, just two titans, you know, two of the best to ever play the game. But I think now we can, honest to God, say that Brady is heads and shoulders above everyone. I think he has settled the debate this year on the whole uh, Brady-Belichick thing. Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? It was Belichick. Yeah, I know. You know, Tom also possessed a really good sense of timing as – to when to get out in New England, and when and where to go to have the best possible chance to succeed, but you still got to succeed. Just because you have the players, it's like with Phil Jackson. You know, everybody says, "Oh, well, you know, you had the Green, you had Mike, you had Scotty, you had Shaq, you had Kobe." You still got to deliver the goods at the end of the day, and it's the same thing with Brady. Yeah, he's got a really good defense in Tampa. He's got some really good receivers. And he's got a really good offensive line. But he still went out there and won the games. He still went out there and won the games. And, you know, and now he's done it with a different, you know, a different offensive system and a different offensive philosophy. You know, Bruce Arians likes to throw it deep. That's not supposed to be Tom's skill set. And yet, here he is going to Lambeau for yet another conference championship game appearance. And then Buffalo and Kansas City, and of course the drama there after Patrick Mahomes' concussion. Can he come back and and play in this game against Buffalo? And if he can't, man, Chiefs are in a lot of trouble because I, I people have been saying all year that if there is one team that can really, really, really give the Chiefs trouble, one team that is set up to possibly beat the Chiefs, it's the Bills. And Josh Allen – is no joke. That guy is the real deal. If it's bad weather in Kansas City, obviously that is not going to bother him. So I these ought to be two hellacious games next Sunday uh, to see who goes to Tampa for the Super Bowl. And that's the other thing. You know, if at had, had every other bit of motivation that Brady's got, he is now one win away from playing the Super Bowl on his home field, and that's never happened before. All right, if you hadn't heard, and I'm sure everybody has by now, Deshaun Watson, he wants out of Houston. They say that the relationship is beyond repair. Now, Shefty had some info for us today. Shall we hear from Shefty? I think we shall. This is Adam Schefter a little bit earlier today. We'll talk about it on the other side. uh, Just talking about exactly what is going on here with Deshaun Watson.
0: Because that no trade clause exists, if they said, hey, we want to trade Deshaun Watson to hypothetically Chicago, and he said, I don't want to go to Chicago. I want to go to Miami. I'm not going to report to Chicago, or I want to be traded to the Jets. I'm not going to report to Chicago. You can begin to go through any of the variables and any of the hypotheticals in your mind. This is in a bad place right now. It looks like it's going to continue to go down a bad place. What we can see here is that not only can Deshaun Watson... Request a trade, but he also could decide to withhold his services and because of the no trade clause in his contract The Texans have very little control here Essentially, this is like an NBA situation. This is Deshaun Watson getting to pick where he wants to go This is an NBA style trade if and when the Texans get to the point that they are ready to make it Which they're not right now, but I believe and other people around the league believe they're going to be forced to get to eventually. Because Deshaun Watson gets to pick, again, the Texans can solicit whatever offers they want. But ultimately, it's going to come to what Deshaun Watson wants. Have you noticed he spent a lot of time in New York recently? He's there right now in New York, New Jersey. Maybe that appeals to him, Greeny. We know that Miami might appeal to him. So there are two teams, by the way, with the second and third picks in the draft. So it's not difficult to come up with a scenario under which the Jets or the Dolphins could satisfy the Houston Texans. Now, the question is, where does Deshaun Watson want to go? Because, again, I believe he influences and dictates it once the Texans get to a point that they fully recognize the trouble that they're in with their quarterback. There's a lot to this, and there's going to be a lot more to this. And it's a little early in the process, considering that the Texans just hired their new general manager, Nick Casario, and they don't even have a head coach yet. But you can begin to see this particular situation unfold as the offseason goes on. What we know now is this, that basically, according to Sarah Barshop, who covers the Texans for ESPN.com, Deshaun Watson has not returned calls from the organization. What we also know is that he's very unhappy with the way the organization has proceeded this offseason and has looked back at some of the organization's prior actions.
2: Now, the fact that Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause and the fact that we haven't even heard the name Washington come up, I think is actually good news for the football team because it's going to take a king's ransom to land Deshaun Watson. And I think Washington's close, but I'm not sure they are giving up, say, three number ones and a two close. You still need a lot of help. You still need some help out there. But... I think it works out very well for him if Deshaun Watson wants to go to either Miami or New York. First thing is, both of those teams have the draft capital to make it happen, and they're, you know, Miami is right there, and that turns them into an instant contender. The Jets are so far away, hey, you know, why not roll the dice on it? But what does that do if Deshaun Watson goes to one of those two teams? Well, that means that one of the quarterbacks drafted in what was supposed to be the greatest quarterback draft since, what, Boomer Esiason's? It's going to be available, and probably be available pretty cheap, either to Tua Tagovailoa or Sam Darnold. And at this point, I'm fine with that. Bring one of them to Washington. And I think you can get them pretty cheap, relatively speaking. I mean, if if you have to gamble, uh, if you have to give up a, a second or a third for one of those guys, what the hell do it? I think if it was two, I think you'd have to look very long and hard. Actually, both of them. I think you'd have to look real long and hard, even if they wanted your first this year. I really do. I mean, again, and for everybody that's oh no way, blah blah blah. Everybody was all about Tua last year, you know. When he was coming out, oh, no, the Redskins, sh- uh, Washington ought a draft Tua, the, the football team on a draft Tua, take Tua. Yeah, even though Dwayne's there, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, now, hey, why not? I think, he could, I think he could run Scott Turner's system fairly well, you know. You've got some decent weapons for him there. You're going to get better this offseason. Obviously, they're either gonna they're either gonna draft a left tackle or a wide receiver in the first round, or they're gonna go out and sign them in free agency. I think it be very interesting. I think, and I I think Washington will definitely look at it if one of those guys becomes available for a tra- via trade. And, hey, you know, don't laugh, but you know, it's all about comps, right? Josh Rosen, it only took a third round pick, shipped him, out of Miami, uh, shipped him to Miami from Arizona. And that was when Arizona didn't have, you know, hardly had any leverage there. Be an inch. So uh, it's if somehow Deshaun Watson says he would take a trade to DC. Yeah, you know, you definitely look at it, and you'd have to say how much are you willing to give up to get a guy that's 25 years old, has proven that he can do it, and is, you know, not yet even entered the prime of his career. But I think an even more interesting scenario is if Darnold or, or Tua becomes available and maybe the price is a second or a third, or even a second and a third. Definitely something you got to take a look at. All right, Nick, the clog on the wall is there. We got to get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. You can find us at iTunes, Podbean. Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Caps Penguins tomorrow, seven o'clock face off. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. And remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike, as always, do wear white.